Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Welcome back to Spoiler Country. I am Johnny Horsley, and today on the show, we have a returning guest. It's the one, the only, the Jimmy Palmiotti, who was on our show 352 episodes ago, on episode 164, talking about Painkiller Jane and Trust the Universe, which, if you haven't checked out Painkiller Jane, you need to. It's, it's a fun stuff. And Jimmy is a great guy. Uh, I love following him on Twitter. He always has such funny things to say. Him and Amanda are awesome. His wife, um, Amanda Connor, who is an amazing, wonderful artist. Well, Jimmy's back on to talk with Melissa Searcha about his new Kickstarter pop kill for issues three and four, which you can also get issues one, two, and three and four. So that's the whole series, which is that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get all four of them because I want to read all of them. I missed out on the first Kickstarter for pop kill, but now I'm getting on three and four. And without further ado, let's listen to Jimmy Palmiotti in his own words. This is Spoiler Country, and I'm Melissa Sergia. Today on the show, we're thrilled to welcome comic book writer of Harley Quinn, Pop Kill, Painkiller Jane, and many, many more. He's also a producer of film and television. I'd like to welcome Jimmy Palmiotti to the show. Hello. Hi. <laughs> happy, to, happy to be here. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm doing good. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time out to chat with us today. Uh, my, my pleasure. Awesome. I want to jump, you know, right into it. You've got sure. this new uh, series, original series out called Pop Kill, and it, there is a Kickstarter campaign for it going on right now. So uh, tell us, you know, what it's about and, and what readers can um, expect. I know you're doing issues uh, three and four in the latest Kickstarter. Yeah. So the, the, the Kickstarter that's up is the last two issues. So it was a four issue series, um, but we did make a pledge level that you can get all four issues digitally and you can get all four issues you know if you want to have hard copies in your hands so we make we make sure whenever we kickstarted it everyone's able to catch up uh you know but the the idea came from uh, my buddy dave johnson illustrator dave you might know him from 100 bullets red sun a whole bunch mm-hmm. of other he pitched me this idea about competing soda companies and we were just laughing about it and i'm like saying you know maybe and it's funny because my my in my background, uh, I used to work in advertising, and I used to work at the. Oh, nice. I, one of my clients was Pepsi Cola. Okay. <laughs> and, and they were interesting to work for because if any people from Pepsi came up to my ad agency, uh, if we had a can of Coke, they literally would just stare at it, <laughs> like they would look at it when they came into the room, and then you'd have to like kind of grab it and throw it away or move it to remember. another place. You know, it was that kind of crazy uh, wow. when they were there. But we kind of went really, really far with the uh, idea of competing 
soda companies, so much so that, you know, we, we started introducing, you know, uh, we have we have the competing cola companies uh, in Japan, and we have two brothers who Siamese twins that were separated. Right. And they hate each other now. So they run competing soda companies. And then we introduced Dina Deluxe, who she's the scientist for the Fizz company, for the Fizz division at Popso company. And one is called Fizz One Cola and the other one called Popsco. Popso. And she's the scientist that figured out a way to hold that soda can hold the carbonation 50% longer. Okay. Wow. Which, which, yeah, which I'm sure every soda company would kill for. (laughs) Yeah. They would dream about that. (laughs) Right. And uh, so we took the, we took the idea of soda companies killing for that idea uh, (laughs) to an extreme level where we included spies and double dealings and murders and the basically the two brothers competing uh, with each other, and it's funny because even their 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 towers, their buildings for their companies face each other, so they're oh. constantly <laughs> putting notes on the window to each other to make fun of each other and stuff. And then we introduce a character like is our classic James Bond character that we sort of mentally take apart as the series goes on because he mm-hmm. he comes out as this you know this super spy and nothing can get to him, and he's got all these women in his life and everything. <laughs> And then we kind of take them apart, you know, issue by issue, uh, showing what's wrong with them and also, you know, what's what's really behind him being so kind of cold to everything. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a take on James Bond. So it's a little James Bond. It's a little it's a lot insanity. It's definitely for adults since there is humor mm-hmm. and there's violence and there's language in it that you wouldn't find normally in uh, most comics. Right. And, uh, it's something that we've been working on for over a year and a half. So when we actually, when Juan, who is the artist, Juan Santa Cruz, when Juan finished the uh, last issue, which was just recently, because we were going to do like a third Kickstarter and then a fourth, we decided, why don't we just do the last Kickstarter as issue three and four as one Kickstarter. So we don't have to make mm-hmm. everybody wait another three or four months for the last two issues. And uh, so we put together the series and then we got some besides Dave doing covers, Dave Johnson. I mean, his covers are brilliant. But this one for three and four, we got uh, we were lucky enough to get uh, Bill Sienkiewicz to do a cover and Adam Hughes to do a cover. Oh, cool. Um, And that was Dave calling in his favors. Yeah. To to get those covers. But they're both beautiful pieces by two of my favorite artists and and then we have amanda every issue we have amanda Connor, my wife uh right. do a mystery cover so people buy it blind oh that's and, cool and and then she draws it and and when they get it in the mail we don't even show it when they get it in the mail that's the first time they see it and it's limited to 200 copies so it's hyper hyper limited like these are not things we're making thousands of and selling them later this these are yeah. we're making for the kickstarter only so, okay. so it's um, like a limited, limited edition. So people really need to jump on that if they want one. Yeah. Yeah. It's super limited. I mean, you know, uh, so and, and a, a little background on me. I am a comic book collector as much as I yep. write and do artwork on them. I'm a big time collector. So I love the idea of only 200 copies of something being out there. You know, I'm, I'm one of those crazy people that tracks it down and stuff. I have to admit, you know, that's me. But uh, so we try to appeal to everybody like we, uh, we, with the Kickstarter for Pop Kill. What we try to do is say, OK, we're going to offer digital so anybody in the world can get it. You know, okay. as long as you have an email address, we can send it to you. And uh, that's really important to us. 
Plus, the books aren't, it isn't a comic, comic book where it's 20 pages. It's over 32, 34 pages each issue. So it's almost, almost double what you get in a regular book. But we tried to make the pledge levels uh, for the people who just want to read the comic. And then we created these levels that are very much for the collectors, or if you're an Adam Hughes fan or a Bill Sienkiewicz fan, or if you're an Amanda fan. And then we've even take it, taken it further. And this is my fault. To do the CGC, we CGC'd a couple. Uh, so like a couple of Amanda's covers from the last one, I, 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 uh, gave a box into CGC and we got, we actually got five back that are like 9.8s, which is like the highest, pretty much the 10 is the highest rating. I've never seen a 10, oh, wow. Yeah, but we, we've gotten 9.8s on these. So we have awesome. like five of those available and that's for the yeah. real diehards, you know, it's for the real uh, slabbers, I call them. People love to slab their <laughs> comics. But with every level you pack, you also get all the digitals. So everybody okay. gets a digital copy. So, so yeah, so this is my 15th Kickstarter. Awesome. Wow. So you're, yeah. you, you've got experience doing this. I do. And I actually, you know, part of my experience is also backing other people. So I've, I've, I've backed over 300. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I backed over like two over 230, I think, Kickstarters for other people. To oh, wow. see how they handle things, and I've been doing them since the, since Kickstarter started. So uh, I'm just slow. I mean, 15 sounds like a lot, but it's actually I can only do a couple a year, and uh, that's going to change. I'm going to actually amp it up a little bit. Are you okay? Yeah. I mean, I could assume there's a lot of work that goes into it. I mean, just designing the tiers and coming up with yeah. you know the prizes and the stretch goals and all that. I mean, that's a lot of work must go into that. It's 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 so much work. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's not for the, it's not for the week because I mean, I've done 15 and I, and, and I've delivered every one of them on time and I've made sure every single person got their rewards. And if there's any complaints, I handle each person, uh, everybody that backs them will tell you, I, you write me, I write them back. Sometimes I call them. If if, uh, we had a guy in New Zealand who couldn't get his packages, we had to send a special delivery. I kind of lost money on it, but I had to make sure he got his books even like guys in Singapore, I had some it, deals oh, wow. where I had to kind of go, okay, you know, let's figure out a different way to get this. So it's a lot of work, but it's a grassroots kind of thing. So these are my regular customers. I'm, I'm treating this like Kickstarter is like my store in a way. Yeah. You're coming <laughs> to my store and I'm going to make sure by the time you leave, you got everything you want and you feel like you got your money's worth. And um, yeah, so I take crazy. it very seriously. It's I. I think a lot of people look at it as a money game. I kind of look at it as this is a way I can get the ideas I have without being uh, crushed editorially. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that, that defines my Marvel and DC work, by the way, is if I get too creative, they want to pull back. They want to say, you can't do this or you can't do that. Or the legacy of the character demands this. Right. So it's it's the thing about getting my work out there the way I see it. And, you know, and with Amanda, with our future Kickstarters are going to be with my wife, Amanda. So we're going to be putting out our own books. And, you know, if anybody ever read the pro, they understand what we can do without people telling us what to do. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So do you prefer doing your own original content rather than working in those established universes at like Marvel and DC? Yes, I do. Because I, I, and, and, I think I can say that only because I pretty much worked on every single character I've ever wanted to work on. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only book I've never worked on and and I've only got to ink uh, was Fantastic Four. It's like one of those things that I loved that book when I was a kid and I never really worked on writing the series. Okay. But I pretty much worked on everything 
I've ever wanted to. I, you know, uh, Jonah Hex was one when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, I, I would love to write a Western. Of course, being a kid from Brooklyn, growing up in Brooklyn, <laughs> the idea of writing a Western seemed like the surreal thing to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's um, so far-fetched from where you were. Exactly, and and even like uh, with, uh, with Harley Quinn, you know, writing something that's mm-hmm. like exists already, but they want my own, my take on it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But I, but I feel like, you know, I just feel like, okay, I'm looking at how many years I've been doing this. I please, I don't want to count, but it's like since <laughs> 91. I, I got to get my own voice out there a little more. And I, yeah. I got to worry less about companies that aren't really worrying about me at all. Yeah. And you have, you have a very extensive backlist, you know, just looking at your, your credits and, and what you've done, you know, is, is huge, huge accomplishments. You know, you've achieved so much, but I think it's great that you're getting to work on your own stuff because there's nothing better than, you know, when that gets released and that it's like a different sense of uh, pride and accomplishment. Absolutely. And, 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 uh, and if I fail, it's all on me. So I can't blame anybody else. Right. Which, which I, you know, look, I, I have a, as much as I've had success in, in my career, I've had so many failures, but they really have been great lessons for me how to do things. Like, you know, I, I've had books that nobody's ever seen. I mean, I've had stuff come out that sold so terrible, but I learn each time from it. So I don't regret and I only have like one or two regrets with certain books I worked on. And, and I think at the time, there was a time early in my career when my mom was alive where I took care of her. Mm-hmm. So I had to take on work that I really didn't want to do, but I had to pay the bills. I was paying for her like medical stuff and everything. So I was like, okay, you know, yeah, you know, you gotta- look, look, pa- look past it, take care of mom as best I can and, and get the work done. Yeah. And, you know, I did that for a while until she passed. And, and then I was like, okay, now I can kind of slow it down. Yeah, that's slow honorable. Down. I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do in, yeah. in times, you know. Mom. Yeah, you're Italian, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm Sicilian. Yeah, there you go. You Well, you understand. You yeah. got to take care of the parents. Absolutely. Family's most important for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, so with your wife, did you two meet because of comics or did you get into it after you met? No, we met, we met, I was, I remember I was working at Marvel, just starting, I was an anchor there, and uh, Hildy Mesnick was an editor up there, and she, she edited like the Barbie comics and a couple of lines of books, and she also had the Disney books, and one of the books was a, a book called Gargoyles, and based on the animated series on the Disney Channel, and Amanda was working on that book, and she asked me to come in and ink some covers of Amanda. And I met Amanda there. And, you know, at the time she was married. And, you know, so she was just, I met her and we got along and probably grabbed some lunches. And we were friends for years, you yeah. know. And I was inking her on stuff. And she was at a point where she's like, she's doing Barbie and doing goggles. And she's like, you know, everyone's saying my stuff's too cartoony. I can't get regular superhero work that much. And I had an opportunity to bring her over to Harris Publishing, which at the time was doing Vampirella. And oh, yeah. And I said, you know what, if you let's flip a switch here and go from Barbie to Vampirella. And, and I, I, I guarantee if you do this, nobody's going to look at you the same anymore. They're not going to just say, oh, it's the girl that does the Disney stuff. Right. And we were lucky at the time because we had uh, we were working with three writers on Vampirella. Cause I, and I also was inking Amanda, so it was sort of like good for me, too, because I brought her there and then I got inking work with her. Awesome. But we were working with three writers. We were working with uh, Warren Ellis, Mark Millar, and Grant Morrison okay. before they were the giants that they are, right? <laughs> so we had these great 
English writers and working with us. And we did Vampirella for a while. And then uh, Amanda did some work for me because uh, at the time I had like Ash and Painkiller Jane coming out and she did a Painkiller Jane book for me. Nice. And then uh, I think it was like in uh, 2000, me, Amanda, Garth Innes and John McRae went to Germany for a con. And we had a night at the bar. We were sitting in this bar called Fritz Patrick's. And Amanda started doodling. And we were talking about how about a superhero prostitute? And we were just laughing. And she was sketching it. And when we got back home, we said, why don't we just try to do a book about a superhero prostitute called The Pro? And And we'll see who wants to publish it. So we did it. And then we went around to try to get it published and got turned down by a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, you know, DC, of course, wanted nothing to do with it. And wow. and uh, finally, Image Comics said, you know, we would love to publish that. And we said, OK, but it's a little risque and it's a little this, a little that. <laughs> and we put it out. And after the pro, nobody looked at Amanda's work the same. Oh, I bet. They were like, OK, this girl will do anything. <laughs> and, and again, you know, it wasn't like there was a lot of women drawing comics at the time either. Yeah, it's um, groundbreaking. Yeah. But Amanda also has that that. I always say she has a little bit of guy in her, a little little bit of like, I want to see naughty stuff and I want to I want to blow up stuff and I want things on fire. And, you know, her favorite yeah. movies, are All Wars and Terminator. So, I mean, it kind of gives ah, you mine, too. There you go. There yeah. you go. And then uh, so 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 her career changed after that. But it, again, you know, like it's all learning process all, all these years of uh, doing things. I forgot where we started, but I think it was yeah. that's how I met Amanda. Okay. It wasn't until years later that we were dating. We actually were great friends for years. Oh, that's great. And and then, you know, uh, her marriage went its way. And whatever girl I was dating at the time back then went that way. Right. And eventually, I think eventually we just, uh, we were, I think we were out in, uh, on vacation somewhere with a group of friends. And one night we just looked at each other and went, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the rest was history. Yeah, the rest was history. That's right. <laughs> That's great. Well, no, she is a, an amazing artist, and I can't wait to see the the mystery covers uh, when they're revealed. Yeah. I, I know the covers that you that you do have out already for Popkill. They kind of have like an Andy Warhol feel to them. Was that um, an influence that you guys were going for? I think we, we well, especially the one with the gun and the and the and the and the soda and the soda mm-hmm. can. So that's Dave Johnson. So so we have two guys, right? We have Dave Johnson, and then we have the designer, which is John J. Hill, one of the best book designers in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our job when we do these things is to make things look better than the comic companies that are putting stuff out on the stands. Yeah. That's our to. goal. It doesn't mean we hit it all the time, right? But we're trying to make stuff. It, it, we're trying to bring the level of the art a little higher place, a little different place. Like saying, you know, this isn't just comics, folks. This is like illustration. This is pop art. This is stuff you can put in a frame on a wall and mm-hmm. it's going to last. Even the design of the logo, you know, everything down to the little details and the inside of the book. So, I, you know, it's my background is advertising. Before I got into comics, I was in the advertising business. So I see things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the eye. And I also look at it like I, I don't look as at our art form as disposable on any level. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I understand most comic people have 400 boxes full of comics. I get it. Right. right. But my thing is I, I'm trying to make this like, a, a, like the level up a little more so that I, so not only visually we do this, but a little bit of nut of a nut with uh, paper quality mm-hmm. and production quality. 
I drive some people crazy and, and <laughs> definitely my printer is lovely, but I drive him crazy. And I'm, I'm a big fan of spot varnish. I'm a big fan of raised, uh, if, if, if it's the right kind of paper stock, if we can raise something. I love all the production stuff. And I've learned over the years how amazingly cheap the big companies are, that they mm -hmm. don't go the extra step. I mean, you're, you're literally talking about a penny, like a penny or two on big runs to, wow. to maybe do a spot varnish or to do a fifth color or anything like that. And comics, what they've done is the, the big companies have beaten us in the head saying, hey, if we do this special thing, we're going to charge you an extra $2. Oh. And the joke for me is like, you know, it's not really that expensive. It's a little time consuming. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you look at, let's let's say if you look at the paper quality on the book. So DC has a, a little better paper quality for the cover. And then the interior is a mix. It depends who's overlooking the printer. Okay. Sometimes the printing's beautiful. Sometimes it's a little muddy, right? Yeah. And then, and then Marvel, if you notice their comics, their interior stock is the same as the cover stock. There's, it is, no, I know. <laughs> there's no difference, right? So yeah. what happens with those books on the stands is either they, they eventually curl or they eventually, you can't stand them up for too long, right? Mm -hmm. So again, this is a tactile business for me. So something has to feel, if it's, if you're going to charge me $6, it has to feel like $6 to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people, people are going to want to buy your comics more if it's better quality, you know, because that's, as a collector, you know, you want to have you know, an awesome, you know, quality, good, you know, cardstock, page stock, you know, yeah. to display or to have in your house, you know, otherwise, you know, if it's not good quality, you'll just buy the digital version, you know? Right. And I also, and the digital version, you know, we just make sure it looks beautiful, but the, the, the thing with the actual books, you know, again, we're tactile people, we're collectors, we, we love the art forms, mm -hmm. but we want to see the art presented in the best way possible. You know, if, if it, so, so when something's not great or it's just okay or you feel we we you buy comics right i do right? yeah okay mm -hmm. so you know when you look at something you're like that looks cheap mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> or, or that feels cheap or, or i don't like the printing inside or the paper is too slick i can't even see the art because it's reflecting light there's all these little things that i spend a lot of time thinking about yeah. You know, and I am the guy that buys the special edition books that come with the inside sleeve. I, I like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I feel I love my I'm looking at my shelf right next to me. It's like <laughs> I love my special edition books or my really beautifully printed books. And yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. They're, they're the better ones, you know, and you love just looking at them and flipping through them because they're just such good quality. Yeah. I mean, there's those giant artist editions. Some of those books are so beautiful, you mm -hmm. know. So anyway, that's the approach I have with, with doing, if I'm going to get a chance to print my own stuff and not work for a company, I'm going to make sure it's better than anything anybody's seen. Yeah. So. Well, and I think I've noticed too, that the indie comic books are actually producing better quality than the big name ones. They're also, you know, so the, the indie stuff has more passion to it, right? Because mm -hmm. they own the character and there's a lot at stake. Yeah. With the books, so they look better. At, at, you'll see the the mainstream comics; they they look fine. You know, they they there's less and less of the big names because they don't want to pay. Right. And and basically, you know, they're under deadlines. A lot of them, right? So even if you get a great looking book, they have a colorist that, that all of a sudden they shove the colorist into this. We need this in two days, <laughs> and the colorist has to. You know, so there's a lot of deadline stuff. And and my thing with the Kickstarter is, I won't kickstart it till it's almost done. Oh, because I want to make sure at the end of the Kickstarter, I can put 
I can put the book in, I can give them the numbers at the printer and get it printed right away, you know? So everything's done. So three and four are done. The only thing we're doing is if we have stretch goals, I add stuff. So that's extra editorial stuff we add, like sketchbooks and stuff like that in the back. But the companies, don't, they're a business and they're less worried about each book and they're more worried about getting 50 books and market share and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't personally care. I, I care about the thousand or 2000 backers I have. And I, mm-hmm. I, I care that I care that they're happy. Yeah. Um, you're you know, getting, getting the best version of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, I don't have the overhead that these guys have. I mean, who knows after COVID they might not have overhead. They might be everybody working at home. So yeah. So, remotely. Know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, who knows? Nobody yeah. knows. So with, with Popkill, I know you said there's just the four issues. Are you going to, do you have any plans to do anything in that same universe again, like with a spinoff or anything like that? I don't have plans right away. Okay. I, you know, it, this is a project, like, honestly, when you get to the ending, it feels like the end. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, it's not like a, a Netflix series that's going to get renewed. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is more. I, I would say this is more like that. Uh, what's that show that's on with the chess player? The um, it's really good. Oh yeah, the new one everyone's and, raving about. Yeah, it's fantastic. You should you should check it out. But okay. anyway, but it's this is this is like it has a beginning, middle, and end. Okay. If we do anything in this world again, it will probably be in a while because the next Kickstarter I have after this is Sex and Violence Volume Three, and I've I've done two of them already, and okay. they're they're basically a bunch of short stories around those wonderful themes. Yeah. By a whole bunch of creators, but that's my next one, but I have the next three or four Kickstarters laid out. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to the popular universe. I really think we said everything we had to say. And if we wanted this, if, if it was like, if it was requested enough, I, of course it's easy because they're people to yeah. kind of continue their story. You know, it wouldn't have to, it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't be about soda, but it would definitely be the characters have another life. Uh, yeah. The problem with the problem with creating things is you fall in love with things. Mm-hmm. You know, like Painkiller Jane is probably one, my favorite character that I, I co-created, and right. I feel like I feel like I can write that character for the next, you know, till I'm dead. And that one, that's been optioned, right, for film. So it was a two-hour sci-fi movie in the early '90s. Okay. And it was a 22 one-hour episode series that had 22 episodes uh, on sci-fi that ran for a year. Oh, cool. And then we got the rights back and we had it in development with Jessica Chastain. And uh, I worked on it. I co-worked on a screenplay. I co-wrote a screenplay for uh, for Chastain and her company. They decided at the last second to go on to a different project, which oh, no. um, which is a movie, I think, called Ava that's on Netflix this month. So, oh. you know, she just decided that it wasn't for her, which was which is okay in the long run because you don't really want to have anybody doing something that's not completely into it. Right. Uh, Passionate about it. Yeah. Right. So we have the screenplay now and we're uh, going around, you know, because everything's like kind of hold, but we're looking at people to play the part and probably somebody younger at this point, because it's actually about a rookie cop. So it would be somebody in their twenties. Okay. You know, Jessica would have been great and it would have been her, her take on it. But, you know, this stuff happens all the time. If I told you the history of everything, you, your head would explode. Really? <laughs> yeah, because it, it, that's how this business is. People get interested. You know, people like her and you know, mm-hmm. any kind of stars, they always have like 15 things going on at once. Yeah, um, they, so, they, they get all excited get all about excited. a bunch of things. They can't do it all. Right. And and we're happy when they're excited. I mean, you know, my, my thing is, you know, we came out of it with a screenplay that's great. And uh, 
you know, somebody else will do it. Yeah. You know, this 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 past summer, I had random acts of violence come out. Oh yeah, congratulations on that. Thanks, and that was something that sat around. You know, went back. It literally was volleyed back and forth with Jay trying to figure out how to do it. It, it took years and years until he raised the money. You know, so sometimes these things they sit for years, mm-hmm. but it was a passion thing for Jay, and it was so great to see Jay and go out and see it being shot with him and hang out with him and stuff. But you know, smaller film, right? Smaller budget, kind of Jay's take on what the book. You know, so it wasn't exactly the book, but it was his take on it, which I totally respected because at the end of the day, my attitude is: you can, you can, if you want to read the comic, you can just buy the comic. So uh, right. <laughs> I, I like I like the idea he kind of added his spin on some stuff. But, you know, COVID kind of n- neutered it a little bit as far as release. It did play in drive-ins, though, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, that's really uh, cool. I like that concept but, that they've been doing for the drive-ins. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, actually. We just need more drive-ins, right? I mean, that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. But, and, but, and, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Well, you have a, you have your own company called Paper Films. How how did that come about, and and what types of projects do you do with with that company? Yeah. So so paper films is you know it's me and Amanda. I have a, a friend Patrick Wedge who's like runs pretty much everything through it, and we do a lot of work outside of comics. I do a lot of screenwriting. Uh, I, I, I've written games. I've written TV shows. All this kind of stuff. So a lot of the work we get is not always me promoting it. Sometimes it's just stuff we do that comes out and I, I'm like, okay, you know, that's something I did. But it's it's a company, it's basically what, uh, what Amanda and I do. Now, Amanda has a lot of work she does outside of comics. She's done stuff for uh, Big Bang Theory TV show and the spinoff show with uh, she- Young Sheldon. And oh, cool. she's, done, she's done stuff for news programs, did a whole campaign for Nike. You know, it's like we do a lot of other work that it's not about uh, Amanda Connor or Jimmy Palmiotti. It's more about the product, you know? Mm-hmm. And with my background in advertising, we're able to do a lot of stuff. And, and uh, you know, I've written animation. I've done a bunch of co- uh, video games. And uh, so the so company cool. is basically me and Amanda's basic baby. Yeah. And it's our representation. So if you go to paperfilms.com, you'll see, like, everything we have, everything we've created. We have a store. We sell some of Amanda's art. It's, it, you know, it's it's our hub. It's our, hey, if the comic companies dis- decide to, you know, do their own thing and not do comics anymore, we're going to exist here. And it's, yeah. it's, I grew up very poor. So I'm always, I always think everything's going to end or go bad. Right. On some levels. So I like to plan. I like to, I, I say, we have to, you know, uh, our, our, we have to create our own little worlds. Yeah, and you have to business models to to do things, you know. Stay ambitious, not, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're like a, it's a, like your name could be a franchise, you know. People or what's the word I'm looking for? Where your name is like you like sell a, br- a brand, a brand, right? So yeah. it's very important for Amanda and I to brand ourselves. Yeah, beyond just working for other people. No, it's really important, um, especially nowadays with indie markets and and everyone sort of kind of becoming an entrepreneur on their own and and the things are, you know, changing, you know, with Amazon and these big corporate yeah. entities. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have to set yourself up for the long haul to keep, you know, yeah. making content. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's so funny how even on my Instagram I get people like, "Hey, would you endorse my products?" <laughs> and I'm always like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I don't use them, I'm not going to endorse them. I, I I don't have time for that. If it's something I use, then I'm I'm all I'm super happy to 
to, right. to uh, do. But I, I turned down a lot of stuff because I'm like, I, I don't use that. And I probably wouldn't use that. And I couldn't imagine me selling that to someone because I think it sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the influencer new thing now that, you know, that's really booming. And, and there's people that just do that for a living, I guess. They just, they're yes. influencers. <laughs> oh, celebrities. I mean, I have a friend, a couple of friends that are celebrities and they put their name on anything. And I'm just oh, like, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't do it. And they're like, why not? What does it matter? And I'm like, I said, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I, if somebody sends me something and I'm looking at it, I'm like, it's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to tell somebody because I, I think it, what it does is weakens your word, you know, oh, yeah. like, you know, I, I like if I say something's really good online, if I go on Instagram, uh, Instagram or Twitter and say, this is the greatest tool I'm using on something. You have to understand it's the greatest tool because I, I would never say that in a million years. Yeah. So I don't. So the influencer thing is really funny to me. When I see celebrities doing it, I'm like, <laughs> you know, unless I know the money's going to charity, I really don't get behind it too much. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I I've had a couple of people email me similar things. I mean, I don't have as many yeah. followers as you do, but you know, they'll say, oh, can you endorse this or that? You know, just to try to get more likes. And but I'm the same yeah. way. If it's if it's not something I would buy or use, like I'm not going to put my brand and my name on it. You know, I, I've done it for one thing. It was like a holistic thing that I, that I actually liked, but yeah, you, you don't want to be doing it so much that everyone's like, you know, just not believing you. <laughs> no. And I, and you know, when they go, we'd like to dress you. I always laugh. I'm like, have you seen me? <laughs> I'm like, you do not want to dress me unless it's something that's covering my head, like a bucket that covered my head. I'm like, I'm not the guy that's going to sell your shirts, jackets, pants, or anything, right. or even hats. I, I'm not the guy. You know, right. <laughs> uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of handsome, really handsome men out there. You want to put that shirt on. It's not me. I got, I got, I've been, I've been built like a barrel chested kind of guy for my whole life. That's not really, you don't really watch those commercials on TV with guys like me. And, and you know, I, I appreciate it and I'm always gracious. I, thank you very much. But you know, it, not, yeah. not really. Yeah. what no. I will do is I'll push other people's Kickstarters. I'll push their books. Nice. If I like somebody's art, I'll, I'll talk about them all day long, you know, but, uh, that kind of stuff is just crazy. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's silly. Really, when you think about it, it's kind of silly. And, you know, especially when I, you know, I come from a, a generation where, you know, none of that existed, you yes. know, when I was growing up. So, yeah, it's it's been interesting to see all, how everything's changed, you know, with technology. And I guess in some ways it's it's better because we can get our art out there, you know, more. You can engage with fans and, and you have these social media platforms now that you can actually interact directly to your fans. And do you get a yeah. lot of people that reach out to you and ask for advice or, or just... Um, I do. I, I uh, on my Twitter account, I do get a lot of. So whenever they announce a film or something being done, mm -hmm. and because the way I sign contracts, I won't give away a, a character or a license or anything without me being a producer on it. Okay. I get a lot of emails of actors and actresses, and hey, here's my eight by ten. Here's my sample reel, and <laughs> you know, I politely tell them I'm not the person but I forwarded to the person, you know, yeah. if I could. And uh, I get that, or I get a lot of people, well, you read my comic and I can't read everybody's comic. So I tell them, I'm like, you know, I'm working on something. So if I read your stuff, I don't want to be influenced. Mm -hmm. But if it's somebody that sends me three pages and says, Hey, what do you think of my art? It's easy. Right. Cause it's, it's, yeah. it's let's, you know. but I can't read somebody's screenplay. People send me screenplays and I'm like, I, I, dude, I, 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 I barely have time to read the news before I get to work. Right. And, Reading your screenplay is like means like I have to have hyper focus 
Otherwise, I'm going to do it in injustice. And yeah. so I kind of, I kind of, I'm polite as hell. But if people, if people ask me about like, how do I do a Kickstarter? I always go, as soon as you read the creator handbook, the creator FAQ, the tips, the fulfillment resources and support stuff on Kickstarter. And if you have any questions after that, I will answer it. Yeah. But people forget to go there and read their 20 pages of how to do a Kickstarter. They just want to skip it over. And they want me to magically say three sentences is like, you know, this is the secret, <laughs> right? you know, but there's so much written. I mean, there's so many YouTube videos, you know, of explaining everything. Yeah. I mean, I had to fix a pipe and I just went online and it showed me <laughs> how to fix a pipe. And I learned from a YouTube video. Right. Oh, yeah, so, amazing. yeah, so there's so much stuff that, you know, I, I appreciate when people do that. And I do, I do have people send me their art a lot and that's always okay. Because yeah. I can look at it quickly and go, okay, you know, you need to work on your arms or your head's a little weird and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, but you know, I try to, there's some people that want to have long conversations mm-hmm. and there's some people that I'm not sure why they want to talk to me and it's a little <laughs> suspicious. So I'm very polite and mm-hmm. I say, I, I'm sorry. And I, I, you know, or I'll answer, you know, Amanda and I think this, and that gets the point across and, you know. So it's, 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 I, I'm very open to the fans when they see me at a con mm-hmm. uh, all day long, we can talk at the con. I love to talk to the fans at the con. And if they have questions, I try to answer them on Twitter. I try, I, I hope they post their questions so everybody can see them. So I figure there's a shortcut, right? Everybody can see a question and then get an answer and everybody can share any answer. Everybody can learn think, from it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the power of the internet is that we can kind of you know, uh, guys like me can get on there and say, no, you know what? You, you need to ask for a little more money for that. Or, right. you know, you should be getting your art back, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So it happens. I mean, I, I do it too. Sometimes I'll ask somebody, you know, what, what is this right? You know, is this the way it's done in this business? And, you know, if it has to be taken offline, that's fine. But I try to be human about stuff, meaning, you know, everybody's important. So yeah. I, I try to listen to everybody, but if they get ridiculous, I move on. Right. Know, that's what blocking <laughs> is for, right? That's what blocking. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, you know I, it's funny because so, we were talking today with somebody and, and I, I said, yeah, there's nothing like getting up in the morning and turning on your computer and there's somebody tagging you, mm-hmm. telling you how much they hated. Oh, that's the worst. Of. And I sit there and I'm like going, what is their thinking? Like, did they sit there and go, I can't stand this. Let me tag the guy I can't stand. <laughs> Tell him he sucks in the middle of a conversation I'm having with three other people he doesn't That's know. It's terrible. No, it happens yeah. all the time. And it's it's one thing to leave a bad review on a website, but it's an, yeah. it's just absolutely not okay for people to tag creators in negative you know reviews online. It's just, there's no I, point. I, I don't understand it. I would never do that. I'd be embarrassed to do that. You know, oh, I, I don't understand it. But I, but I say, if you support my Kickstarter and want to complain, that's great. Right. Because you, you paid for it. So go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't get it. I'm a little too polite. And again, being a, t- I, I was brought up that, you know, if you don't, if you don't like something, I don't start my, my tweets with, you know what I hate <laughs> or, you know what I don't like, or I saw this movie sucks. I, I try to say this movie wasn't for me. I, I didn't enjoy the pacing, but it was beautifully shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I try to find something in there, but but that is the internet, and I've grown accustomed to it. So it doesn't. I don't get offended very easily. Mm-hmm. But if but if they attack me, they got to understand they're going to be attacking a professional person yeah. that knows how to insult you. Right. <laughs> so if so, if you really want to go after me, you're probably going to lose because I do have a way with words. Um, yeah. 
Get but the, com- like the comebacks. I, yeah, I prefer not to have that battle. I, I, I kind of, I kind of feel if I, even if a person doesn't like me, I feel like if I sat there long enough, we'd find something we have in common and mm-hmm. stop laughing about it. So I, I, that's my attitude with stuff. Yeah. No, I think you know the best thing to do, and uh, is what I do is I just like I said, I block or ignore, you know, if you get anything that's trying to be confrontational or negative, you know, it's like, you know yeah. what, teach your own, like, if that's how you want to live your life, great, but I'm not going to, you know, respond or engage. Cause you know, I think sometimes too, they, they want you to engage to like kind of fuel the fire, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, there was a, I used to have it. I don't have it. I have on my wall, I have sayings and Amanda put some of them up too. One is says, slow the fuck down. And it's a picture of a, <laughs> a turtle with a snail on its back. Nice. Right. And then another one has keep calm and have integrity, mm-hmm. slow down, enjoy the moment. I used to have one. The only power people have over you is your reaction to them. Yeah. That's a good. Which one. Is important. And the other one I have is, are you comfortable with this tweet being the headline of a story? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good you? one. Yeah. That one makes you kill everything. I mean, that one is like, what? you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> But they are good things to have on your computer in front of you because, and it's, and I think all of it's about slowing down, saying, okay, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. Let me slow it down. Now, why is this person doing this for me? Like, what is the reaction they want from me? And I've learned that if somebody picks on me too much, I go, hey, sorry, you didn't like it. You know, it's a great book. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. this by this guy. Have a great day. Then they, there's no battle anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, usually they take it away. You know, or, or they're going to, they're going to, uh, I've only had to block a couple of people. And, you know, when I do that, it's really funny because then I see somebody post, you know, a, a clip of Jimmy Pomiati has blocked me. And then, you know, that's like their pride, <laughs> like they're going around and that's, that's their wow. badge. Yeah. That's not and, something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's, that's sad. But you know, okay. If that's, it makes you happy. Yeah. But they're never like that to your face at a con. They never have anybody. Come over oh, no. No, of course not. No, these, a lot of, you know, people, they just hide behind their computers. Um, They would would never say it to you to your face, you know. I think there's a lot of frustrated people. And I think a lot of people want to make comics. Mm -hmm. And and so they have very strong opinions. And if it's not how they like it, they want the world destroyed around that person. Yeah. And it's sad, but whatever. I mean, I, 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 you know. You turn off your computer, the internet's not there anymore. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, uh, I think sometimes people get so caught up in Twitter um, that they don't, they forget that like the rest of the world I mean, is, there's a lot of people that are not on Twitter. I mean, half of my family, my friends, yeah. like, they're not on it. So well, all the Twitter drama that happens, they have no clue. So yeah, once you turn off that computer, I mean, it's, it's a normal life that does not, none of that stuff affects you, you know? No, no. I mean, it, honestly, uh, you know, you go outside and you're like, oh, okay, nobody cares. Uh, or, or, you, or you have neighbors that like, we have neighbors that don't, they don't buy comics. So, right. you know. They go to me, how are the comics? <laughs> you know, that's that's their question. How am I doing? How are the comics? Do you do like Snoopy or something? Yeah, like it's like, a coloring like, book. Yeah, yeah, they do Snoopy. That's it. It's, we call them crypto, but yeah, sure. You know. Uh, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no, nobody knows who the hell. I mean, let's be honest, outside of comics, nobody knows who the hell we are. Right. <laughs> you know? It's it's the it's the best kind of fame where nobody nobody cares. Yeah. Um, except when you're at a convention. Right. Everyone knows you at a convention. Yeah. Yeah. Then you then you can accidentally hear two people talking about you while you're getting food (laughs) and giggle, you know, giggle behind them. 
Yeah. Um, well, it must be nice though too to have like like you said in, in the comic book industry and unless you're a comic book fan you know you're not going to know some of these names or faces so it I, is kind of nice like you have this huge level of success and fame but yet you can still walk down the street and not be bothered and bombarded by people you can still do normal stuff yeah i mean it's a you, it's funny you say a huge level of fame i'm like i'm laughing because it's like <laughs> you know and, and yet like a convention will not let the comic people sit with the celebrities. Oh, is that right? I don't oh, know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. The, the bigger shows, yeah, they separate the people. So we're not considered celebrities. We're considered comic people. So we get the table with the sandwiches that are pre-made <laughs> and the water. And then you, the celebrity table is like the room is right next to yours and they have a chef in there cutting food, hot oh, food. Wow. And you're like, okay, so the people that do comic conventions still treat us like, you know, I don't know, like crap. Certain cons. We don't we don't do those cons anymore. We we we, we judge the cons by the green rooms. But, uh, you oh, know, yeah. but th- I think after this year, uh, they've all been humbled. So we'll see what happens when they come back. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the only con I've been to I go every year is the Seattle Emerald City Comic Con. And yeah. that one's really it's a fun one. And, you know, it, it got canceled literally two weeks before we went into, you know, the shutdown and everything. Have you have you been to that one? Yeah, we, we've been there twice, I think. Okay. Um, it's very like they invited us once every like six years or something. And the the one time I went, I was I got sick after the first day, so Amanda had to do it all alone. But it's oh. a great show, you know. And there's a great crew there, and and I think they've been bought, right? So they're owned by Reed, yeah, Repop. Right? Yeah, they just yeah. So it's totally different, not totally different, but there's some different packaging and they're doing some different things that, so like originally you could, when you went to like a panel, it was just Mm -hmm. first, first come first serve, you know? So if you got there early, you get a seat in the front row. And then just this last year, they started doing this whole VIP thing where you had to pay extra to be, you know, close to the stage. I don't like that. I think that's, you know, pretty bad. You know, it's just as far as it takes, it takes the fun of, you know, the, the people that love to get online early and they're going to get the, it kind of makes it now a, a class system. Yeah, exactly. People you that can't afford money. it. Right. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 I, so. I'm not a big fan of that unless I'm getting the money, you know? Right. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. It, yeah. No, for sure. But that's not the case. Believe me, that's not the case. Well, you know, um, I, I kind of think of it as like a casino, right? Like if you, if you don't charge for the, the front row seats, some people are going to spend their money and all the food and the merchandise, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, look there, Let's be honest, the bigger the con, the more it's about making money. Right. You know, they're not putting on a con because they're huge fans. Right. <laughs> right. That only happens with the smaller cons or the personal cons or, you know, there's certain cons out there that are just wonderful. And you can tell everyone involved is so happy to see you. And, yeah, you know, there's some really, but the bigger cons are money making things, you know, and then you go and you see like, you know, automatically, you know, they have a certain amount of celebrities. Right. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know, nobody has any money to spend in the comic part because they paid the guy who plays Thor $150 just to get an autograph. Um, right. <laughs> and then they come over to you and you're selling a book for $5 and they go, oh, I'd love to get that. But, I, you know, I gave I gave Thor, you know, all my money. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're like, what the hell? You know, so it's like that happens. And I, like I said, I think with COVID, I think it's going to be interesting because I think a lot of smaller shows are going to come back. And yeah. they're going to be hopefully focused on the creators and, and uh, people, but I don't, I don't know. That's just me being hopeful. You know, I, I agree with you. I think that it's, well, it's definitely going to change, you know, even, you know, for the, at least the next few years, 
even if we get, you know, the vaccines and all that stuff, I don't think there's going to be as many art, you know, celebrities wanting to take selfies with people, you know, because right. everyone's going to be still afraid to get sick or get germs. So I think that actually may put more money into the comic book creator's hands, because if you're not spending money on all these photo ops and you know, autographs and selfies, then you can actually buy, yeah. you know, the toys and the comics and, you know, all the, the knickknacks and everything, you know? Yeah. I, I, I never, under, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of cool to see these actors, but my thing is if you can't have interaction with them, then you can't bullshit with them. I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, when what are you spending the money on? Just a random, I could do that with Photoshop. Right. <laughs> Sean Connery's not with us today, but I can put you with Sean Connery for 50 bucks. Right. No, yeah, I learned talk. that the hard way. I learned that the hard way. I, I thought I got all excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to get to talk. Uh, I had a photo op with Jason, you know, Momoa, Aquaman. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember it's like two seconds, like literally, like you, you can't even hear the guy breathe. Like it's literally two seconds. You're in, you're out. And I thought that was a waste of money. I mean, you know, it was cool to stand next to him for four (laughs) seconds, but so from then on out, I I spend all my money on comics when I go. (laughs) I I think you should have a thing where you ask if I'm paying this, will I be able to hear them breathe? Right, exactly. And I think I don't think that's creepy enough. I I, uh, I think <laughs> you're right. You're like I literally uh, two seconds, hundred and twenty bucks down the drain, right? <laughs> you know, and again, I, I like I get the idea of you know, hey, you're gonna see this celebrity, and I guess that's exciting. But I'd much rather go. I don't know. Go go meet the you know uh, you know any any of the artists that I love. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Milo Manara, and, and I, I would throw down a hundred bucks to sit and talk with him for five minutes. Oh, absolutely! You know? yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like it's like it's it's everybody's different. But you also notice that a lot of people go to the cons; they're going just to the TV and movie stuff, and they're not going true. to the cons. So, That's so true, yeah. So they become they they really need to stop calling them comic conventions and just call them entertainment conventions. You're right. Things. Yeah, and yeah. I think we should do small comic conventions. I, I love them. I love mm-hmm. the small ones because you get to talk to everybody. You can hear me breathe, Melissa. Right. <laughs> you can hear um, um, right? Amanda, will, Amanda will breathe in one ear and I'll breathe in the like, other. I wanted to check for a pulse to, to make sure it was actually real and not just a, <laughs> a cardboard. Yeah, exactly. yeah wax that with, uh, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, yeah. But it's but it's true. I mean, I, you know, I've been lucky because, you know, being part of the con, it's you know, you get to see the celebrities, uh, you know, on a different level because they, they ask me, who the hell are you? And then you explain that. But, you know, again, they're just people. So yeah. and they're really big, like big name insecure people. So mm-hmm. they have a whole different set of needs. My thing is, I like people. Look, People always go to me. Yeah, you know, I want to get one book signed. And and we Amanda and I talk to everyone. Everybody awesome. that comes to the table. We talk to That's and awesome. We tell the people online, look, it's going to take a little while, but we talk to everybody. And yeah. because my thing is that's the con experience it's, it's to get to talk and they have questions. Mm-hmm. They have ridiculous, wonderful questions that we laugh <laughs> and love to answer, you know, or they want to know what you're doing next and everything. And, and that's what the panels are great for too. I or, love panels. What yeah. Doing, what we're doing right now, what we're doing right now. Yeah, so exactly. Now, have you done any virtual comic cons at all this year? I did. I did. Uh, I did uh, a panel for New York one. I did a, a panel for that Warner Brothers thing. That it was like some big event online event thing. I did something for there. Amanda did one for that. Nice. Yeah, I did. I did. A, I just did one for a college with Jeff Smith. Me and Amanda did something with Jeff Smith, who's a wonderful person. And yeah. and uh, 
we do them once in a while. I, I do the podcast like I'm doing now when I have something to promote. Otherwise, you know, why do you want to talk to me, right? You know, so, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I try not to overbook them, you know, because I feel like, okay, it's going to, I don't want to be, an, oh, it's him again kind of guy. I have a couple of guys I know. It's like, oh, it's him again. I know what he's going to say. <laughs> um, I, I, I always, I, I like, I like the unexpected questions, you know, I like the stuff that, uh, yeah. Uh, that I don't see coming, but you know, the virtual cons are tough, right? Because you don't have the interaction you want, you know? Yeah. There's no audience um, that you can interact with. No. And you know, the cons have been about shaking hands, hugging, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, taking a picture with people, you know, getting the sketch on their book. Like I, once in a while, I'll just sketch on their book and ruin oh, it. And, and um, awesome. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff, you know, you don't have that, right. Yeah. Or the, 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 the intensity of a line is is kind of fun because you meet people online. You know, I stand online for other people. Yeah. And you, know, you talk to people. I, I don't know. The, you know, we, we're we're humans. We like the contact. We like the the, the uh, interaction. We love the bar at night mm-hmm. uh, after the con, all the pros and fans hanging out in bar and, you know, having, having crazy conversations. Getting to mingle. <laughs> uh, yeah, mingling. And we're social animals. So, uh, you know. Yeah. It, this is hard and it hits and it hit a lot of people hard. It you know, it's hard. It's hard to be creative when you don't have that enforcement. Absolutely. Yeah. Has it slowed you down at all as far as your creative spark, you know, uh, just getting ideas or anything like that? So, yeah. So I, so Amanda and I are traveling people. We, we go to Europe, we travel to new countries, we go places we've never been. We do cons where we never been before, just to the fact that we get to explore the area. So you know, we had, we had, I think we had uh, Belgium and we had a couple of places in Europe planned this year that got canceled. And then uh, we were going to plan a trip to Italy for a month oh, and cool. that got canceled. And those, ins- you find stories in your trip when you travel, right? So if yeah. you're a writer and you travel and you do a little research of the history of places, there's a million great stories. Yeah. So for a writer, it's essential to be constantly stimulated. And TV doesn't do it for me. Like TV doesn't do it. Even books in a way, it's hard to write and then get into a novel because my brain starts cross-sectioning a little bit. Oh, yeah. So travel has always been the thing. So it's been tough that way. And because I'm not as social, the part a big part of me is a social. Amanda and I is that we go out and we have friends at the bar and we go. So we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So I have more time. But more time doesn't mean more work gets done. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree and, with that. And then plus for the past year, like the work we took on, a lot of it were like, okay, we're kind of done. You know, we kind of, mm-hmm. that's enough of that character. That's enough. We've said enough of this. We need a break from that. So it's been a good time to reflect on what's important and uh, what's interesting to us. And, and, and we miss our friends. We have a group mm-hmm. of people that... We meet at the cons. We have friends that we made over the years at cons. They're not, they're not creators. They're just friends that we go and we'll go to another state and they'll all go because we're going and oh, we'll have awesome. like big dinners and stuff. So, yeah. yeah so I miss that. I miss that group. Uh, we'll get it back next year. Yeah. But I think this taught a lot of people what's important. And, you know, between between politics and, and this COVID, it's exhausting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Draining. You know, just very draining. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if it's not clear who I voted for uh, <laughs> on, my, on my, on my Twitter account, then you have no idea. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say it out loud. I grew up with Trump in my life. Mm-hmm. I had friends that worked for him. I went to his birthday party oh, when wow. I was in my twenties. So I've known this guy 
on and off since I was a kid. So I knew what the man is about yeah. and from day one. And wow. New, Yorkers, New Yorkers know that too, because we've had to grow up with them yeah. in, our, in our, on our radar. So, you know, so when people tell me, you know, they're big fans of his or this and that, I, I kind of say, oh, you know, that's your choice. Right. But it would never be my choice because I yeah. know him. You know, I know how how he thinks. And and I've lost some people, followers. I've lost some fans because mm-hmm. of my politics. But you know what? I don't go to their page and pick on who they're thing. Or I don't non-follow, not, uh, you know, stop yeah. following them because of their politics. If they, but, if they t- but it's freedom, right? You don't want to follow mm-hmm. me? That's great. Don't follow me. I don't care. You know, yeah. It's not a contest. It's not how, how many people I have on Twitter. It's quality. <laughs> it's the quality of the people I have on Twitter. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that if yeah, I, I've lost followers too for for my you know political posts and yeah, you know I'm I'm Democrat and liberal and everything and so and yeah. that's fine if if people don't want to see the post they don't have to follow me that's all right. Yeah, too. I have I have some guys that are like you know big Trump supporters and I still talk to them all the time. They they've not not followed me. They just say hey that's your politics. I met yeah. you 40 times. We get along great. And I said, yes. I said, no matter what the politics are, I guarantee you if we sat in a bar and, and started bullshitting and hanging out within 20 minutes, we'd find 400 things we have in common. Yeah. And yeah. politics would be the last thing we'd want to talk about at that point. So exactly. it's not easy for people to see that though. They, they take it. It's more important to them than religion or, mm-hmm. or life goals, which is really weird to me. Yeah. It's like, like, why was politics that important to you at this point? Like, just there's a lot more going on. Right. Know? Yeah. It didn't used to be. No, I know. I know. I don't know. I think it's people. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe it's the COVID. I think people are just in their own heads too much. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can only watch so much TV. That's what, you know, look, comic stores right now that are open are very busy right now. Mm-hmm. And, and more power to them. You know, uh, my office is in a comic shop. So, oh, cool. so, you know, I know how busy it is in those stores. It's crazy. You know, I, I lock my door with my mask on because <laughs> I, I, I don't trust any, anybody or anything, but, but the stores are busy. They let in a certain amount the, the store. It's Emerald city. It's in Clearwater, Florida. Oh. The store is the size of a giant supermarket. So it's huge. Oh wow! But they, do, they do a head count. You have to wear your mask. They make you wash your hands, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're great people, but they're busy as hell right now because people are bored. Yeah, there's like you said, there's only so much TV you can watch, and I yeah. mean, I think you know, you've there's not anything really new coming out. I mean, little bits here and here, but yeah. for the most part, I mean, once you've watched everything or all the you know all the top shows on your list, and it's like it just I get burnt out from TV, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah, reading is is so much more relaxing, anyways. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, because you, you do it at your own pace. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, a TV still delivers information at their speed. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's funny because I was watching a movie the other day and I was like, they need to edit this thing because it's dragging on too long. <laughs> and then I was watching another thing. I'm like, why did it end so quickly? Like they should have gave us another four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's because and I realized that's my comic book brain. My comic book brain wants to slow it down mm-hmm. or speed it up. And I do that by flipping the page. Yeah. You know, so it's my pace. Yeah, and a great I realize, point. yeah, I realize like my reading is my pace. So I control that. I, I can't control these other mediums, but definitely reading is a, is a definitely something like, and you know, with a comic, I can actually go back, flip back three pages and go, oh, that's mm-hmm. where I got the knife from. That it was on that table over there. 
Right. Like, oh, good catch. Yeah. Instead of trying to have to like rewind something and the way that like the streaming services now, it's not like you just have a regular remote. You know what I mean? It's it's like confusing on how to go back a few frames and you go back oh, too far. God. And <laughs> it's so annoying. Like Netflix is the easiest one to navigate. I That's think. true. It is. Yeah. But, but it's funny because sometimes you go back and then there's that line and there's a circle. Like I'm like, <laughs> I just go backwards without things blocking my screen because sometimes I want to sketch what's on the screen. Oh yeah. Like I like to freeze frame it and draw it. And, but there's this line and there's the logo and I'm like, get that shit out of the way. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but Amazon's like, yeah, I don't like Amazon that much. And, mm-hmm. and Hulu's got like a whole different process. I'm such a, you know what? I think a comic people, we're really weird. We want to, <laughs> we want to fix everything yeah. in our needs. And I, I think most people don't even give it a second thought. Yeah. You know, um, that's true. We're, yeah. We're you think of it group. differently. Yeah. We're a weird group. Speaking of, I, you know, I've been wanting to ask this question too, sure. but I wasn't sure to who in the industry, okay. and you may have an answer, you may not, but I was sure. thinking about this. So, I always you know, have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you buy a book on Amazon or whatever, you buy a Kindle, right? And you yes. read your book on Kindle. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking the other day as I was reading a digital comic, there needs to be a tablet that is specifically designed to like read a comic book that would enhance the comic, make it easy um, to read. Cause when you're reading it online, you're scrolling left and right and up and down and I'm getting my visions getting blurred. Yeah. So is, have you heard anybody in the industry say that that's something that (laughs) could even be a possibility in the future? I think, you know, it's funny because right. Like, you know, the broader brain goes to, they should create an iPad that's specifically made for it. But we all know the math of how many comic readers there are. They would never do it. So mm-hmm. we have to say, okay, you need an app that delivers this. And it's funny because a lot of different, you know, Comixology has their own thing. Some of the mm-hmm. stuff you download is panel to panel, you know, yeah. um, reading panels. I don't know if there's any one specific way because I think everybody reads it differently. I, like I, Like on my computer, my desktop, I don't really want to read a comic. Right. right. Because I don't want to sit up in a chair and I don't know. I like to. I'm so used to reading. So I'm not a big digital comic person. I love that people love them. And, mm-hmm. and it's great because what I find is people who don't even read comics, read digital comics. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. But the, on my iPad, it's interesting, but I find myself zooming in a lot. Yeah. You know? and, and and it is like a, it is a little, it is a little, I, 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 I want to say because we have not grown up with this technology. Mm-hmm. So much that it's a little awkward for us. Yeah. But I'm thinking a 14 year old yeah. <laughs> probably probably knows this shit backwards. Like they, right. they literally can just flip through a book and it's easier on on an iPad. So I'm guessing it's a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of like thinking your parents with a with the uh, cable box right. <laughs> and with the with the two controllers, one to turn it on. <laughs> and do the special channels and how crazy they get. They, you know, they're like, I think it's broken, you know, and right. then they start panicking. They start thinking they broke the whole computer or the TV. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I can't get to Netflix, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm guessing we're that level yeah. <laughs> of maybe the younger people uh, using the iPads. I must be I like it. To think that. I, I'm a real techie. So, but I get it. I, I remember my mom called me up like, I swear it was like 11 at night and she goes, the TV's not working. And I'm like, all right, get the controller. And I haven't doing everything. She goes, it's still not working. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, and I'm, I'm going to have to get up and get dressed, get in my car and drive to my mom's to figure out the TV. And then I, at the last second I said, mom, do me a favor, walk to the TV. She, in the wall is the plug in. And she goes, oh, no. 
must have knocked it out. Oh my God. Okay. So that's always what it is. It's always, that's not plugged in. (laughs) I mean, I should know better that that's the first thing I tell you. Right. But, but I think technology, so, so I have this thing and, and uh, I have this theory that goes along with this question in a weird way. Okay. Uh, I haven't really said out loud too much. I think, I think that the trick to staying youthful and young mm-hmm. is to stay up with technology, to keep yeah. up with technology. I think once you decide that, oh, I don't know how to do Hey, Hey, can you do this for me? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> is when you start your first word towards getting old. Oh gosh. No, that's it, such a good point. I mean, you're right. I think you're, I think you're onto something with that. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that, you know, I love that in some seniors homes, they teach people how to use the computers. I love that, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm like, the minute you start saying, I don't understand this technology and, and, you know, and I've learned, like, I've learned the key to everything is knowing how to search and mm-hmm. knowing how to put things in a sentence. Like, so I don't know, I don't know how to do this. And I put, Oh, how do I do this? And then I write what it is. And you'd be shocked how many people ask me questions. How do you do this? Or how do you get that? How do you do? Do you know a guy that sells this? And I'm like, product, sell. Where do you live? Oh, Wisconsin in Wisconsin. Boom. There's the Like, it's so funny how there's a generation that doesn't understand the search tool on, on these engines, you know? And so I think the secret to staying young is keep it, keeping up with technology. So much so, I have my Oculus and my I have my VR stuff, and oh, I have cool. all of it. I just bought a new camera for Amanda for her desk because I think she should draw and have it like so people can watch it on YouTube. But I constantly, my Oculus is like amazing. My I, people come over and I say, "Oh, you want to VR play tennis?" And they're like, "What?" Oh, and okay. I'm like. You know, I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you? Ever? I, you know, I haven't, and I'm such a big a gamer. I, I love video games. I have an Xbox, and okay. I would, I need to get one. I've been looking okay. at them, and yeah. Well, get the new one. Get the newest one they got because it's okay. that you know you want to stay up with it. You know how that works. And let me tell you something. Once you do it, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> and you know they have a they have things on it like you can they have like a a, a a Google Map type thing where you can press anywhere on it. And on a map or any, or type in any address and it gives you like, and it's a 360 environment for using Google maps. So you can actually go up the street or down the side streets and then you can put in a year like, okay, let me put 2014. And that's what that block looked like on 2014. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so crazy. And then, you know, so I have a friend of mine who's handicapped and he doesn't get out much and he's Mm -hmm. in another state and I bought him one. So we meet in a room. There's a room we can meet in and he created an icon. I created an icon and he gets mm-hmm. in and, I, and, you know, he looks goofy and I look goofy. <laughs> and then I say, what do you want to do? And he says, do you want to watch some TV or you want to play a game? And he goes, yeah, let's play a game. And we play against each other or we'll watch the same show and we'll comment. And he's in another state. He's, he's wheelchair bound. And we do this stuff together. I bought him one so we can kind of meet there. Engage. You yeah. Know? That's so and, cool. um, I didn't even know and, you could and, interact with other people on it. Yeah, you can. So, and so it's, it's pretty amazing. And, and then if you have like Netflix, you put it on Oculus and when you put it on, it's the screen is compatible to a giant IMAX screen. Oh, wow. So you can watch a Netflix movie on a giant IMAX screen. Cause when you, they even have an app you can buy that's a movie theater app. So it looks like you're sitting in a movie theater. Oh, cool. How okay. so you can literally and, just be anywhere you want. 
Yes, and you can turn around like 360, meaning there's seats behind you and there's a projection room and stuff like that. It's crazy. That is so what's happening with this stuff is every year they're getting people more and more creative. There's one, there's one way you can climb and you feel like you're a mile high. There's wow. another one that's hysterical. It's you're walking the plank <laughs> and it's like sticking out of a 60 story building and it, you have to walk like five to six steps and your brain is saying, don't do it. Don't go. Oh, but the reality is you're just standing in your living room, in right? In your living room. Yeah. Right. But the, the great thing about the Oculus is it's like, it's all in one piece. It's rechargeable. Okay. It just goes on your head and you have two hand controllers mm-hmm. and it's the easiest thing to navigate and do. It's made for idiots like me. Oh, so I love it. <laughs> Um, I didn't just sell a hundred of these. I don't know what I just did. Yeah, I know. I was like, all right, they need to give you a free one. <laughs> they do, but I have it already. So they need to give you some free games because the games cost a couple of bucks. So. There you go. All right. So if yeah. they're listening, send but it, Yeah, but you should try, you should try it because if you like games, you're going to freak out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big gamer. I love, I love all those, you know, Fallout and um, yeah. Skyrim, all those fantasy games. So oh, I'm definitely going to oh, have to look at it. You will love this because this, this has a games where you have a bow and arrow and it feels like you're actually pulling back on a bow. Oh, that's, that's how so convincing cool. it is. It's crazy. Oh my it gosh. So now I'm going to yeah. like go Google one right now. <laughs> it's a great gift. If anybody's looking to buy Melissa a gift, this yes. year, John, John, if you're listening, um, <laughs> you want to get her an Oculus. So, that's yeah. right. Spoiler country, Christmas fund. No. <laughs> There you go. You know, you can do a free, you can, you can, uh, you can do an episode where you talk about this with me and you can tell them in ahead of time, you want to experience it. If they can send you one and we'll talk it up and sell it. Oh, that's a great idea. There you go. Look at us right. endorsing products. I know have. we're already, yeah, we're, we're influencers now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> influences. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. This has been really fun. Yes. I, I hope we learned something. I have no idea. Yeah, I think I, I did. You did. Okay, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's I learned about cool. you. I got to know you a little better, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, and and, yeah. and and you're in you're in Seattle. You said I'm actually in um, Central California. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the guys are in spoiler, uh, spoiler country. Guys are in uh, Seattle, and uh, yeah. When you say Central, does that mean above Los Angeles? So I am actually two hours below San Francisco. So like south right. south of San Francisco. Yeah. So like you, five, you knew where Beaver is. Beaver, no. Yeah, part of uh, okay. I just have a friend who has a, a horses yeah. out there. I'm about Beaver. five hour, like a five hour drive from LA, okay. and two hours from from the city, from San Francisco. Yeah, so the beautiful oh, central, okay. central coast. It's like Pebble Beach, Carmel, Monterey area. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful there. Yeah, yeah. I was born and raised yeah. here. We have a huge Sicilian community here. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of yelling going on at night. What's going on? There? A lot of yelling. Yeah, a lot of yelling. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of Italian yeah. restaurants. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, That's no, it's great. it's great. Little, it's like a little Italy here. <laughs> were you were you born there? Yeah, I was born here. My dad was actually born in Italy, and you know, I was born here in a, in the Monterey Peninsula. So, born and raised, lived in a couple other areas, but always come back home because it's it's such a beautiful place. You know, we got the ocean okay. and clean air right. and good weather. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how are the fires? Were you affected by the fires there or no? Just from the smoke, mostly. That was that was so bad. It was, we, you know, yeah. the windows had to stay closed. Um, there were fires burning in like every direction of us. So we uh, were like enclosed in this smoke bubble. But yeah, that was okay. devastating for some of the nearby counties. Luckily, they're, you know, they're all put out now. But yeah, it was okay. awful. 
Oh, I found out where my friend's ranch is. It's in Exeter, E-X-E-T-E-R. Oh, that sounds familiar. It says uh, Highway 99 to Highway 198. I don't know. Oh, okay. I think that might be over by Fresno. Sequoia and Visalia, is that it? Oh, Visalia. Yeah, yeah. Visalia, yeah. That's over like Fresno. That's like east. I think it's inland. It is inland. It is inland. They they have a lot of, they they have own cutting horses. So when I was researching Jonah Hex, I stayed with them. Oh, cool. they, They have a ranch there. Oh, cool. Yeah. There's, we have a lot of, you know, California is so unique. There's so many different types of, you know, there's ranches and then there's beaches and, you know, we have a lot of rural areas, a lot of beautiful. I, I love it. I, I always wonder why everybody just goes to LA. I'm like, what are you, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, uh, LA I can handle for like a weekend and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in the business, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's just too busy, but no, it's, it's much, I like Northern California. It's the trees are prettier and the air is cleaner. You know, it's just it's yeah. really nice. Lake Tahoe. If you guys got to go visit Lake Tahoe when this COVID right. thing is over. It's such a beautiful place to vacation. Uh, we'll go up there. Amanda's family is there up like Bolinas and up in oh. that area outside San Francisco. So they're on the water over there. Um, oh, nice. In hip- I call it hippie land, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's where Grateful Dead used to be and Joni Mitchell and all that stuff. But uh, oh, all yeah. right, cool. Now we know a little bit about you. That's so, right. That's right. Um, all your smokers w- now can find figure. You start narrowing the map down. A little yeah, bit. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to make sure everyone goes to kickstarter.com so you can back issues three and four of pop kill. And then also make sure to check out paperfilms.com so you can get the latest on all of your upcoming projects. And yeah, Jimmy Palmiotti, thank you so much for being on today. I'd love to have you back on in the future because it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. And maybe next time we can bring Amanda. Oh, I would love that. I'd love to talk to her about about Terminator. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my God. She saw saw Star Wars 22 times in the theater. And I think she saw Terminator like, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 times. Oh, yeah. She has every decade has she has a favorite movie. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah, after that, I think it's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of her other oh, ones. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love Terminator. I just saw the newest one a couple nights ago. And yeah, um, yeah. so we'll have to chat about that when we yeah. when we get her on. Yeah, I was disappointed, but whatever. Yeah. I, I, I love, uh, what's her name that she was in it? The original. Oh, Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, I love that she was in it, but everyone else, I didn't like it. Like, right. I, I thought she was great and it should have been just about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wanted it to be more about her as well. She's just she's yeah. such a powerhouse actress, and I mean, I, I will say one thing about the movie: the guy they picked as the evil Terminator, yeah, was probably the worst pick ever. I know, yeah, like, <laughs> like not scary, not engaging, not cool looking, right? Bland, boring. Mm-hmm. Like, what were they thinking? Just a robot, yeah. Yes, <laughs> literally. Terrible. <laughs> they could have just. They could have switched them out for a, t- a toaster oven and had that in every scene and it would have been fine. <laughs> I know. I completely agree. It was a little I weird. You, I want you to think about that. I'm going to think about I'm going to, I'm going to reflect on that okay. <laughs> toaster <laughs> oven. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you so much. Uh, you made my night making me laugh. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, great. Happy to be here. And thank you. And hopefully I see you guys soon. And maybe John will come on next time. I hope so too. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get John on the next time and, and your wife, Amanda. So (laughs) have a wonderful night and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you. 
we're back. Man, Jimmy is such a cool guy. I can't wait to have him come back on with Amanda and talk some more stuff. I'd love to talk to them about Harley Quinn specifically. I'd love to get my wife on to talk to them about Harley Quinn because she's a big Harley Quinn fan. And Jimmy and his wife Amanda have done some great things with Harley Quinn. Their Harley Quinn run was fantastic. And Painting Killer Jane is great. And I haven't read Pop Kill yet, but I'm going to get it. I'm backing it. I should have already backed it on with one, two, three, and four digitally. So you should too. And I can't wait to read it because it looks fantastic. And once I do read it, I'll let you guys know what I think. But once again, Jimmy, thanks for coming on. As always, you're welcome to come back on whenever you want to. You don't have to wait 352 episodes. Now, mind you, that was only in May of 2019. Um, but you can come on whenever you want. Just let us know. And with that, that's the show for today. If you like that, if you like hearing people like Jimmy and other great comic creators out there and other people in the pop culture world, head over to Splitverse.com, check out all of our back issues, and go subscribe on all your podcatchers. And while you're there, check out all the other shows we got, like Bridge in the Geek Tones and Earth from the Crypt and, and, and Funny Book Forensics and Half House of Interest, who's doing a daily show this month on uh, a beer advent calendar, which is pretty cool. The first one came out yesterday, second one's on today, doing one a day. That'll be fun. So check all that out. Check out our store. Buy some shit. Help us support us. Check out all the articles. Go to scpod.us slash discord. Join our public discord and talk to us. You should definitely do that. scpod.us slash discord. Come talk to us. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you come hang out. Uh, we're doing our first contest here next week or two, so definitely come check that out. All right, guys. That's the show. And as we always do, we end this with Intonations of Podcast. We are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu about you to do, open your mind and read more.